Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey there, Scoobies. Uh, It's just Kristen, and my voice is at a high pitch because I'm really excited. It is March 9th, if you're listening to this when it's airing, which means that we are two days away from the biggest event that we've ever had. This Friday, March 11th, we will be celebrating the 25th anniversary of the premiere of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There might be a couple of in-person tickets left for that event, but I know for sure that there are virtual tickets to attend. They are available to anyone. All you need is an internet connection. We are broadcasting through Moment House, and the live stream will start live with us inside of Sunnydale High school, literally, we will be broadcasting from Torrance High School, where Buffy was filmed. It all begins at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, 10 p.m. Eastern, and that live stream on Moment House will be available for video on demand for seven days following the event. So if you can't make it in real time, you can still grab a virtual ticket and watch it after the fact. It's also the only way you can access our exclusive prom merchandise. We have some really cool t-shirts and pins and tank tops and hoodies. It's also the only way that you can access our exclusive prom merchandise unless you are at the event physically. So you can get all of that and find out all of the information at momenthouse.com slash buffering the vampire slayer. That's momenthouse, M-O-M-E-N-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com slash buffering the vampire slayer this Friday, March 11th, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. We will be joined by special guest Evan Ross Katz, who is about to release a phenomenal book on the show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We'll be joined by Joanna Robinson, who's going to have a lot to say from inside of Sunnydale High School. And... Our arch nemesis Morgan and Latoya from Angel on Top. It's going to be an epic evening. Jenny's going to play some music. We're going to have the best freaking time. Also, I'm so excited that I forgot to tell you that Jenny isn't even here in the introduction. <laughs> she is, um, you know, preparing for the event and also a huge tour that she's going on with Rishi Hereway. So uh, I'm here. I'm up here by myself. But don't worry, we will be united in an epic way very, very soon. Again, if you're in the Los Angeles area and you want to try to scoop one of those last remaining tickets for Friday night, you can. And all of that information can be found on our website. All right. Normally when I do sexual tension awards and Jenny isn't here, I like do an impression of her or whatever. But you know what? It's two days from prom and I am feeling sexy myself. So I am going to tell you. And this is also like this really is about me, these winners. So these are the results from Sleeper two weeks ago Uh, in fourth place. Well, it's nice because fourth place gets foursomes. It's Charlotte, the vampire at the bronze and foursomes. 1.7% of the vote. Coming in third, we have the very British pair of Robson and Giles. Did they kiss before Robson got killed? 
Who knows? We think so. 12.3% of the vote. Second place, a lot of tension here. I'm surprised they only clocked 21% of the vote. Sunnydale and the thing beneath it. And winning, because I know what's good, and so do you, Anya and Butts. 65% of the vote. If Jenny were here, she would say, I feel a little disappointed in the 4% of you who didn't bring that to a clean 69%. Emily Brackett's McLongstreet has already created for us a gif of Anya chomping through many, many, many peach emojis. And now that Anya and Butts have won, we will get to see what she creates for the final bracket of season seven. So, all right, two more things for you. I hope, who knows? I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I'm just simply so excited. First of all, for the first time in, in history, this episode is airing without a song at the end. And that is because I told Jenny that she was allowed to wait until she got back from tour to conquer this song. It was very hard for her, so I would love for you to give her all the love that she deserves. She really wanted to make it happen, but I said, it's okay, Jenny. They'll be okay without a song. When you come back, you can make the song, and then we'll put it in the episode later. So there won't be a song, but don't worry. Of course there will be a song for Never Leave Me. You're just going to have to give uh, Jenny Owen Young's a, a few more weeks to make that happen for us. Last but not least, this made me cry earlier today when I learned that so many of you all are planning meetups and tours and all sorts of things while you're out in Los Angeles to join us for prom. So if that's you, if you are a person who is coming to join us on Friday or Saturday night or both, please know that I have put up a landing page for these Scooby-led meetups. You can find it at bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash Prom ups. That's P R O M U P S. Get it? Like meetups, buffer prom, prom ups. Cool. It'll take you to uh, a landing page. It's basically a Google folder that Scoobies have created. They're doing a tour of Sony Studios. They're meeting up before the live taping. They're doing a tour of Torrance starting at the Marriott Hotel. They're meeting up after the prom at a local gay bar. Of course they are. Uh, there's a whole bunch of things that's all listed for you. It truly, I mean, you'll hear if you're going to be at the event, you're going to hear me say this a lot, but Jenny and I are so emotional and overwhelmed about how wonderful you all are and how excited we are together with you. So, all right, to many of you, I will see you this Friday, either in person or virtually. I cannot wait. Again, if you want to join us virtually, those tickets are at momenthouse.com slash buffering the vampire slayer. Hell yes. Happy 25th anniversary, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one by one, spoiler free, in tandem with those gals I'd never jam both my arms clear through a bunch of drywall to then <laughs> grab and rip through said drywall and then I bite. Would. Not ever, not one time, Angel on Top. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. I would do it, but I would hug them on the other side of the wall. Oh, it is a nice hug. You know, it is. It's a nice little embrace before the biting happens. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I am Kristen Russo, and this week we are talking about Buffy Season 7, Episode 9, Never Leave Me. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every other week for an original song written by Jenny, sometimes with friends, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. Never Leave Me was written by Drew Goddard, directed by David Solomon, and originally aired on the face of a new world on November 26, 2002. Oh, so it was only a, the face of a new world for you, Jenny Owen Youngs, who had turned twenty-one, but that, not yes. us. I thought we—I thought you were rolling us into two thousand three. I was like, wow, did we did we do it? Or, nope, we didn't. We're still in two thousand. <laughs> that would have been quite a jump. Okay. <laughs> for some reason, there was a one-year gap between season seven, episode eight, and season seven, episode nine. <laughs> no, it's we're in November. What year are we in? We're in November two thousand and two. Yeah. So it wouldn't be a one-year gap. It would be a two-month gap. Not even. But I said November. Well, but I before, before you, you started November <laughs> is when I thought. Oh, okay. you thought this was just going to be a January yeah. episode. I see, I see, I see. You okay. guys thought that this was going to be, um, we were going to make it till the end of the seventh season, but this is it. Jenny and I just got yeah. in a fight and we're, no, I mean, we're ending the podcast. Clearly, we are professionals who have been honing our craft for the last <laughs> six years. And Hey, it's, uh, a, it's a noble art to both hone your craft and also remain the stupid dummies that you were at the beginning, you know? It's the proof is in the potting. Uh, this is the one according to IMDb. <laughs> Jenny's making her Labrador uh, face, wanting a treat. You want a little bone? You want a little... Mm. little no, I'm would, okay. What would be your dog treat? A little cup of coffee? You want a little cup of coffee? Yes, I do. Thank you. <laughs> Don't give your dogs coffee, people. Um, my my mom's dog drinks her coffee. Like not like every time my mom leaves the room. It's because my mom drinks coffee. I know this is what the intro is supposed to contain, but like my my mom drinks coffee that is like 50% coffee and 50% the like creamer that you buy that like you could leave on the shelf for 412 years and it would still be good. The like, it's like- it's basically liquid pumpkin pie that your right. dog. It's like your pe- mom's dog is eating peppermint blast, and you're like, "What <laughs> even is this?" So I think the dog is more into whatever that is than the actual coffee. Ooh. Anyway, don't worry. My mom knows that her dog isn't supposed to have coffee. According to IMDb, this is not the one about my mom's dog drinking coffee. It is the one where Buffy hopes to learn more about what she's up against with the first by taking <gasps> Spike prisoner. Xander and Anya interrogate Andrew. They sure the fuck do, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you for bearing with all of my tangents, Jenny. Well, speaking of tangents, Kristen, I've I've assessed, I've done the research, I've checked the logs, and I'm going to guess that this episode came in short because the previously ons are two minutes and 12 <laughs> seconds long. And there's also one really weird ADR hold situation that I will highlight when we get there that makes me think they were just like trying to milk every second they could cram into this episode. Yeah, it did feel like I I mean, I enjoyed this episode, but it definitely, especially as someone who diligently takes notes through every episode, I like got to the end of taking notes and was like, oh, well, that wasn't, you know, like, like there was like some, <laughs> there was some meaty stuff in here. But all in all, it, it felt like a lighter, lighter episode, Um, not lighter in like a ha ha way, but lighter in terms of how much content we intook yeah they're just they're definitely just trying to get to the end point of the episode yeah because this is like the this is like we are establishing now like we have a lot of shit and now we're in we've we've had the girls back and the previously ons getting murdered 
for a couple episodes and uh now i mean forget it the fucking council goes kablooey we get the first name we got a lot of shit like we're laying down the bricks people let me take you on a tour a whirlwind tour a roller coaster ride through the previouslys previously on buffy the vampire slayer andrew and warren and jonathan oh my there was a bloody seal Don saw Joyce and Joyce said some scary stuff and Willow said, nah, that was a fake mom. And Willow also said the thing about chomping and then some girls were stabbed. You remember them. And then Spike's been feeding on human blood and something was talking to him and making him do things. And also Spike can feel all his kilt. I can feel the kill. Does he, re- you know what I mean? Does that, do we necessarily need that in the previous season? No. To- I mean, we don't need a lot of this because like, why do we have Joyce saying that to Dawn in the previous Leon, for example? And Buffy's going to help him and keep him close and Robson and Giles. Dude. It's just like. Also, how dare you end episode. an episode with a fucking knife about to behead Giles and not give us an update? How how well, actually we do, dare you? We do get an update of sorts. We'll get there. <laughs> I have some I have some data for you to consider. Okay, all right, because um, I'm pissed. Um, but yeah, it was a very <laughs> a very long and winding previously on. That's kind of fitting since our intro was longer and windier than it ever has been before. Uh, art imitates life. Mm-hmm. Life imitates art. La la. la. Oh. At the top of the episode, Xander's the question, measuring twice uh, and cutting once, which uh-huh. we love. And also, Don's asking a question that many people watching this show uh, <laughs> who don't have a crush on Spike are also always asking: Why is Spike still alive? Anya, very reasonably. <laughs> shores up this uh, inquiry by saying, hey, shouldn't we stab him through the chest? Isn't that what we do when these things happen? As she uh, tenderly fingers her uh, (laughs) now fully healed former chest knife wound. (laughs) I mean, yeah, Don and Spike asking very similar questions about Spike in this episode. Why And check out Anya trying to recruit Xander to team kill Spike, but he's refusing to get involved for Why? once like i he's, don't like he's busy we measuring last twice. episode about how you know i really it's because uh, they were roommates do you think that it's like do you think that's what it was is like when they were roommates the first time it was mostly just like a lust-based thing and then like this time they're they're like it's become they caught, more tender yeah like maybe it was a little more tender they caught some feelings because I don't I mean, I don't know what other evidence we have here for uh, Xander being as sort of like balanced and which he's sort of like in line with Willow, which we I we think, haven't seen with Spike. I think that he is uh, displaying that he trusts Buffy. Yeah. You know, they've been having some pretty direct conversations about Spike lately. And I think he's just, you know, she is the leader of the squad. Yeah. And he's getting behind her, which, you know, is not always... What he gets up to. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm happy for it, whether it happened because of tender, tender roommates or uh, just because of Xander growth. I'm here for it. So (laughs) Anya ends this scene by saying, I just think we should prepare for William the Bloody to be back. And then it cuts immediately to a swooping leather duster just walking confidently down the sidewalk and the camera pans up and it's fucking Andrew. It really is. And he doesn't want to do incorporeal Warren's bidding right now. He just wants to walk around in his coat, okay? Andrew... Not to like, because this is this is a hilarious episode, and Tom Link is 
truly one of the fucking funniest motherfuckers out there. He is so good at doing this. But I've just been reflecting a little bit on like my own feelings about this this kind of comedy being used to make us feel more endeared toward a character that ostensibly is pretty bad uh, because like Warren is just awful like he's never been anything but awful and Jonathan we talked about of course like was sort of always the as much of a conscience as the trio could have was like the conscience of the trio and like was definitely grappling and made some good choices and tried to make some other good choices and like Andrew just clearly is a, a pissy little coward who wants what he wants for himself and is fucking hysterical in the pursuit of that and so it just I just like I'm trying to hold both of those things through this viewing because I think every other viewing of this and also just like characters like this I just kind of let go of the evil I'm like yeah, but they're so sure, funny sure. which feels a little dangerous so I'm just saying that that's my Kristen's therapy corner over here sure that's what I'm processing <laughs> Well, you know, something that's at the front of my mind, especially like last season and this season is like, why do we watch television? A variety of reasons. But I think one of the main ones is uh, to have fun. But you need conflict Mm -hmm. to have a story. Mm -hmm. So it's nice. It kind of reminds me of the mayor. You know, it's nice sometimes to have complex individuals who... (laughs) Make it really fun to watch this show, even if they aren't, you know, morally pure. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm here for that. I'm totally here for that. I think I think with the mayor, it's really clear. That's like, you know, because like the the mayor is the fucking big bad. The mayor is clearly wanting to like just destroy the world and what have you. But the mayor has these complex things like how much he loves faith and like whatever. So that just feels a little clearer to me. Andrew's just kind of like bad news bears, but also hilarious. But yes, I mean, like your your point stands. I'm just I'm whittling even more nuance into it over here. Speaking of whittling. Yeah. Um. How are you going to do that one? Where? How are you going to? Let's see where this transition from Jenny Owen Young's goes. No, nah, it's not. It's nothing. Um, <laughs> here I am, you know, holding a scepter with uh, that has a a, ju- a large jewel fixed at the top, waiting for exactly the right placement of the sun, the twenty fifth day of the second month, and. I raise the scepter to the beam of sun at exactly 12.15 p.m. Eastern time. And a shaft of sunlight pierces its way through the gem and is funneled directly onto a tiny crack in the wall I hadn't noticed before. And I walk over to the crack and I blow on it. Dust flies. And then I realize there's a tiny little catch inside of, of this crack and I get out my knife and I just jam just, it in there. Um, pause for a second. I just want to, you know, let the listener know that you and I both have no idea what Jenny is talking about. So don't feel confused. We're all on this journey together. Continue, Jenny. With surgical precision, I deftly activate the catch hidden in the wall cleft and an unforeseen door springs open from the wall, revealing a hidden chamber. And in that chamber is a pedestal and on that pedestal bathed in sunlight from above is a tome entitled Kristen's Erotic Novella. Wow. Volume 7. Wow. I open the book. I blow across the pages. Dust flies everywhere. 
and texts are revealed, magical texts, which you will now enjoy. Don't go soft on me now. We're right in the trench and the exhaust port's in sight. I need you. You're my iron fist. <laughs> what do you think? I am impressed with the glory that my erotic no- novel or my erotic novella, what was it in this story? I don't it's remember. a novella. Novella. It's, you know. Yeah, fancy. Like two and a half sentences. Um, I, I couldn't, I was just waiting with bated breath. What is going to be on this fancy, you know, display? What is so important? And I couldn't believe when my name your own written words my own words were there just absolutely astounding i'm glad that i stayed with the story Uh (laughs) yeah um yeah this is there's a few there's a couple of uh, erotic little novellas in here but this one um is special so warren is basically talking about how he can't do these things because he's incorporeal. Mm, mm-hmm, you, know? Mm-hmm. you know that feeling when you're incorporeal? <laughs> yes, I do know that feeling. He says to Andrew, I'm like your Obi-Wan. And Andrew says, or Patrick Swayze. Okay. Anyone citing Patrick Swayze ever is by default Horny, the end. The end. Also, Patrick Swayze. I don't Swayze, make the rules. Patrick Swayze and the movie Ghost have come up considerably in this season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer because we were just talking about that kiln. To the kiln? No. To the pottery wheel? What did you send them to? To the pottery wheel? You, I Probably, you, but well, first you go to the wheel, then you go to the kiln to yeah, fire it. I just in my memory, I'm like, wow, did she say kiln though? Because you meant pottery wheel. To the pottery wheel. They don't ever mm. fire that pottery. They just fuck at the, they just fuck around in the wet oh, pottery. Oh, I finish what I start, Kristen. Oh, okay. Um, I also want to let the listener know that uh, a couple of years ago, Joanna Robinson began showing me movies for the first time. And the way that the origin story was um, Star Wars. I had never seen any Star Wars. And in my initial note taking to the internet before I dove in, I uh, accidentally revealed that I thought that Obi-Wan was Obi-Wan. I was like, this is what I know about Star Wars. There's this guy and that guy and also Obi-Wan. And everyone was like, it is not the number one. (laughs) So... In your defense, you know, you've got R2-D2, C-3PO. (laughs) There's a lot of numbers. So anyway, yeah, Andrew clearly wanting to have some kind of ghost sex with Warren. Um, And but also saying, like, I just don't think I can kill anybody else. Like, as though that's a good good quality. Uh, I think it's interesting that we see. Should we just start calling it the first? I guess so. I mean, you know, what Buffy says goes around here. So Yeah. Yeah, we're all just falling in line. Mm-hmm. Uh Warren the first morphs into Jonathan. Yeah. Uh and is like, Hey buddy, thanks so much for killing me. This rules. Everything's gonna be okay. You're doing great. Just trust us. Yeah. And we learn that <laughs> So this makes uh, no sense, because we learned that Jonathan was too little. He didn't have enough blood to open up this seal. So then ex- riddle me this. OK, here's some fucking here's a hell math question for you. Yeah. How much blood does Danny Strong have in his body versus how much does a tiny piglet have in its body? Well, I think <laughs> I think the idea based on what we see 
later with the amount of blood that comes out of Spike. Uh -huh. I, it looks like they just needed a top off. They were just like, just <laughs> shy. So it's like, so, so like the, the, what is this thing called? The seal of Danzelthorpe? Danzelthorpe. <laughs> So like, so like it retained John. It's just like sort of like you're filling it up to the. It's like a yeah. fundraiser. Like it's like they, thirsty. They got to, <laughs> to like thirty eight thousand dollars, and they were just like, yeah. we need two more thousand, and then yeah, we'll two be more marks on the Erlenmeyer flask of <laughs> fundraising. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, I'll, I accept it. Um, yeah. And good point. Cause Spike, it's like a couple dribbles. Yeah. Um, okay. So anyway, before we get to the credits, we do a quick cut to Buffy's room. It took me so long to figure out whose rooms everyone was in. Oh, I don't, I just yeah. like, Andrew I know appropriately is in Don's room. <laughs> yeah. But it's like everybody swapped rooms and the decor is yeah, like kind of yeah. the same, but kind of different. And it used to be in the older seasons that I knew where we were right away. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Spike is like, you should make the knots tighter. Can I just say, girl, you are a vampire slayer and you're using a couple little pieces what of rope doing? to tie spike to a little chair made out of wooden matchsticks what are we there doing? are manacles in the basement honey Literally. it's not like she's a stranger to putting her re-insold boyfriend vampire in chains why are we taking oh, this detour is that where the manacles are from are they from season three Vamp i don't know i mean we've we've tangoed with i think a few sets of manacles didn't oz have a set as well <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. But yeah, I thought the same thing. I mean, I didn't really think it until then they were putting him in chains. And I was like, why did we not begin here? It's not like they were forcing him to be constrained. He he wanted it just as much as them. It's not like, you know, yeah. just make him just, comfy in the basement. In the I mean, the tails of the rope are like long enough that I feel like if he wriggled his wrist around he could get at the like it just yeah and he should have known too like he knows he clearly he delivers an entire monologue later about what he's capable of he clearly must know that the episode is short take your time <laughs> secure this man you have the luxury of moments to spare <laughs> all right so Credits. Na, 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 na. Oh, and then where do we go next, Jenny? How exciting to be here. To the principal's office, mm. Kristen. Uh, Wood is threatening these kids with their permanent record. Please note, one of these children is named Grimes. Oh. <laughs> you think that's where like Grimes' name came from? I don't think so. <laughs> I just want to play a tiny little clip of music here because when I hear anyone talk about permanent records, all I think oh boy, of is the here we go. Them. I hope you know that this will go down on your permanent record. Oh yeah? Well, don't get so distressed. Did I, <sighs> I loved the Violent Femmes. I love the Violent Femmes, but like particularly in this era and the like five to ten years prior, boy, did I love the fucking Violent Femmes. <laughs> All right. So Wood is bluffing, and I love this. I, I This is an effective principal move, right? Just be honest. Not not threatening to call the police. Not that part. But, like, just the, you know what? I was bluffing, and it's so much work for me to deal with this bullshit. Can you fucking just do what I'm asking you to do? I feel like mm -hmm. that's a more effective way to deal with teenagers than, like, fake threats and empty whatever, you know? I totally know. However, 
knock knock oh my god why rapping why? upon the principal's door it's dawn letting principal wood know that buffy isn't coming in today because she was vomiting and then she was vomiting some more and then some additional vomiting and she says <laughs> she says her exact words were <laughs> i've got stuff coming out both ends and then wood is <laughs> It's amazing. D.B. Woodside's fucking acting in that mo- in that beat. Just his face is so good. Staring into the middle distance, cursing the day he decided to uh, pursue uh, a career in administration in, in uh, education. He says, "Thank you." That's and does this incredible half squint that I love so much, and says, "Very helpful." <laughs> It's really good. Not a ton of wood in this episode, but he's really making the most of his time. Oh, my God. But truly, truly he is. Uh, So (laughs) now that's a scene that, like, again, delightful, fun, uh, funny, whatever. But, like, (laughs) if this was an issue for time, that would have been the first thing to go. Because we don't really need to know that Buffy has No, that rocks. It's one of the best parts of the episode. No, it's great. But I'm just saying, like, content-wise, you know what I mean? Like, I guess we want to establish... We're looking to flesh this out, not cut it down. Okay. (laughs) Okay, excuse me. I'm sorry. I stand corrected. So... Fucking Buffy Summers gets on the phone and she's like, 1-800 fucking counsels are us <laughs> calling Quentin's direct line. Like, where this is This man Quentin's- is allergic to the truth. Where is Quentin's number written down? You know, like, I just want to see it. I want to like, how does she have it? Is it does it say the council? Is it is it like a normal London number? Is it toll free? Like, mm. I want to know more about how yeah, 1-800. Have you or members of your community experienced a vampire-related disturbance? Uh, we want to hear your story. Please call. <laughs> what does do people call one eight hundred in England, or do they call oh. something else? Shit, I don't know. <laughs> call four twenty sixty nine. Vampires, what what? <laughs> so Buffy's like, listen, pal, because Quentin is like. Giles never heard of him. So, but pause because rewind back to earlier this season when Giles was like going to this fucking meeting and this thing. And I was like, but what is he fucking around with the council for? That doesn't make any sense. And he wasn't. So I don't remember even what my references were from, but somebody will. He's talking about going on these like retreats and shit, but he's not because like, is it are we to believe that like Giles was doing something that we're not supposed to know? So he was lying about being around the council because this is mm. this makes more sense to me that Giles has not been fucking around with the council for a long time. I don't know. It's confusing. I know. Maybe he was going to non-council retreats. Maybe he was gathering with ex-watchers. Maybe he's just really tapped into a bunch of covens. Oh, ex-watchers. That would be so nice for everyone. <laughs> Yeah, so Quentin is just like, deny, deny, deny. You don't need to get all British and dodgy, says Buffy. True. <laughs> uh, basically, he gets off the phone and he's like, the girl, the girl. Why? Why do you have to call her the girl, Quentin? Stop it. <laughs> the girl knows nothing and we need to find Rupert Giles as soon as possible. Da-da-da. Yes, he has helpfully added a bunch of what I can only assume to be Search rectangles onto a world map, Kristen. I've dropped a supporting photograph oh. screenshot in the chat. Great. So you can see some of the areas he's staked out. <laughs> okay, here's so all the places. Really Jenny has sent me a photo of the map that Quentin is looking at. 
It is. Yes. Wow. Very special. Go ahead. Talk uh, about it, Jenny. Please. <laughs> there are a lot of rectangles. Basically, the entirety of Western Europe and Great Britain are They're included. All in at least one rectangle. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, part of Africa. Like- uh, most of Scandinavia. A uh, big eastern chunk of Russia. But like what there are looks places like in the, t- the southern tip of India, got a little Thailand, a little Malaysia, Indonesia <laughs> business. No, uh, he's definitely not in Australia. It no. has been completely even though out. Australia is literally the one place they mention in the scene where they're like <laughs> the, the death, the like death toll or whatever has gone up uh, considerably in mm. Australia. <laughs> so well, like- if they know what the casualties in Australia are, uh, perhaps they also received this. The Giles isn't here intel on the same call. <laughs> On the in the same facts, right, right. So he's about to to take out his little mouse and like draw a rectangle over all of Australia. Yes, uh, <laughs> probably like big enough to also cover some of like uh, Antarctica, which is the one on the bottom. Uh, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Antarctica is down down yonder. Great. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, clearly these are smart, uh, very smart people at the council um they're doing research and we leave them sadly finding nothing out about the fate of giles or anything uh about where giles is and we go to well uh, i mean they've narrowed it down Kristen. <laughs> give them some credit it's true he's not in south africa and he's not in australia <laughs> he doesn't appear to be in china yeah. is that is that greenland over there iceland he's not there He's certainly not there. (laughs) All right. Anyway, Spike is going through withdrawals from all the human blood that he has been ingesting. Um, And Buffy witnessing this uh, sort of like sees Willow in the hallway and he's Buffy's like, we need blood. Willow is like, do you want me to kill Anya? And it's done comedically well. But this is not where they are anymore. True. Anya is in the fold. Anya is in the fold and we love her, but it's still a funny joke. Willow still makes it land. And also Buffy helps it land because Buffy doesn't even respond to it. Like she's like, well, no, I think we (laughs) (laughs) think actually we should get animal blood instead. And then they have this really nice moment together, you know, where Willow. Oh, yeah. Friends checking in. I like love this. And I, I think that probably this is like something that will resonate for a lot of listeners of just I'm a person who deflects you know like when a lot of people will say like how are you especially my therapist you know like so how are you doing and then like 10 minutes later she's like okay so can we come back to how are you doing like I'll like answer for everyone else and like this but this person (laughs) is going through this and like I understand why they did that because of x or whatever so I just felt like this was really nice that Willow took this extra moment to you know, just show how much she knows Buffy, show how much she cares for Buffy and redirect her to say, like, I understand where Spike is at, but I'm asking about you, you know, and Buffy yeah. classic is like, I'm, I'll be fine. <laughs> and they decide that Willow's going to go get some blood, some pig's blood. Uh, and she's happy to do it because uh, Xander is lecturing about tool maintenance while he's doing his carpentry. And this is... The moment I mentioned earlier where after Willow says, like, Xander keeps, like, lecturing me about tool maintenance, it cuts to Buffy 
And it holds on this like very long reaction shot that just feels like a little weird. And then there's like an, a very obviously ADR line from Willow where she says, tool talk, not my thing. Like <laughs> that was so unnecessary. And like the way that Buffy reacts to it and that we're holding it just like feels a little funny, which was the, the next uh, brick in my two brick wall of damn, did this episode come in short or what? Do you think that that was actually uh, just like they tried to... They tried to like stick a lesbian joke and they didn't stick it well. So they had to just like <laughs> like tiptoe out the door. Mm, when has not landing a lesbian joke ever stopped? Uh, You're right. Non-lesbians from going for it. <laughs> non-lesbians. <laughs> you can identify as what sexuality is one of two things. It's a binary. Lesbian yeah, or non-lesbian. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm uh. assuming. I'm just assuming that Drew Goddard and David Solomon are not lesbians. Yeah, I think that's safe. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, so then we go to this ridiculous scene where fucking Warren the First is down here. Like, are we to believe that if this is the first, the first can be in many places at once, or is the first just like truly investing part of their afternoon in this pig comedy? Like, is that what feels the most important for the first, or? <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if the first can do, can multitask. Right. I mean, I hope so. Because if not, then I would like to have a word with the first. Well, the <laughs> first is trying management. to accomplish a very clear goal here. But of all the people in the world, just find somebody else to go, go to, to the butcher. Find somebody to just fucking, what are we doing? Mm. You know, mm. maybe it has to come out of a living thing. But still, really, Andrew? I mean, thank you, because it gives us comedy, but it just feels a little a little under par for evil. <laughs> this pig is cute. Oh, my God. The pig is so cute. The pig is like, I fucking saw what happened to Herbert, and I am fucking out of here. <laughs> <laughs> May Herbert be the last pig to die at Sunnydale High School, for fuck's <laughs> sake. So Warren's like, it's, it's like stupid funny, and I'm here. I like, I accept it. Cut her deep. Cut her quick. <laughs> And she's like, what if she squeals? And Warren's like, you're right. Uh, cut her throat first. And then Andrew has a moment where he reflects on Babe 2, Pig in the City, being an underrated film. I have not, I don't think I've seen Babe 2, Pig in the City. I have seen Babe, of course. Who would I be if I hadn't seen Babe? But I don't remember Pig in the City. I imagine that, you know, Babe winds up in the city and all all manner of hijinks happen. So perhaps we should watch it. I've never seen any movies in the Babe verse. Oh. Uh, but but you did get the next pig reference, didn't you? Of course. Of course. As Andrew fucking launches himself in this piglet, he screams, it's so funny. That'll do, pig! As his whole small body flies across the screen. <sighs> strange says, choice for a war cry yeah but it's funny he says twice in this episode i'm not very good at stabbing he's like really fixating on the fact that he's just like really not good at stabbing you know yeah. <laughs> buddy there's yeah. we all have stuff we're not good at so more comedy at the butcher's i almost just said the butcher's office i mean i guess it is his office uh <laughs> andrew is like i'll have 12 pork chops Two pounds of sausage, eight quarts of piglet, and three steaks. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. 
If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I feel like we see people buying blood at the butcher a lot. And I can't remember if we've ever thought to ask before if this is like normal, like if you can just get blood. Don't worry. You can. I think we have asked it a long time ago because I feel like there some, like I feel like I remember reading recipes that had blood in them and wishing that I had that we hadn't asked the question. <laughs> yeah. Um like doesn't isn't there like a, a pudding of some kind that is clearly not pudding as we would consider it but that is made of blood and black other pudding? Things? Black pudding? Uh I th- that's what I'm looking at somebody talking about really wanting to make for themselves and then going to a bunch of butchers and butchers telling them that they can't sell them blood. Hmm. Uh, hmm. There seems to be some disagreement on the internet and um, apparently we went down this road before. So I mean, this is a podcast on about vampires. It only makes sense that in six years we would 
ponder twice what recipes uh, require large quantities of blood yeah and where you can get said blood so the butcher okay let me get a tiny i would like a scene of this butcher's life when he's not behind the butcher counter because he legit calls andrew neo and i just am like this dude yeah this dude went and saw the matrix so he yeah he saw the matrix i love it it's also funny that andrew orders pork chops sausage blood steaks halibut and toothpaste and the butcher only bumps on toothpaste sometimes butchers have like a couple of fish around right do they just like a couple couple of guys just in case you got somebody coming over that doesn't eat meat and you're like oh i gotta get a halibut for that guy you know okay all right so he's has his paper bag full of all of his blood and all of his various meats and he turns around to leave the butcher shop and runs directly into Will Ugh. Rosenberg, dropping his groceries. The blood clearly placed at the top of the bag all comes yeah. out. And he runs into the alley screaming, don't kill me. Warren did it. Uh-huh. 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 Oh, my gosh. Pleading for his safety. Maybe stay away from. Also, Warren killed Tara, not me. Oh, my God. Uh, you killed my best friend, so we're even. He tries Ooh. to tell Willow that he's good now. And she, like, it takes one second. She, he's like, I'm good now. I do very good things. And Willow's like, then why do you have 400 bags of blood? And he's like, <laughs> I'm bad. Let's, um, let's hear this exchange between Willow and Andrew because it's really very good. I am bad. I'm bad. I'm evil. But I'm protected by powerful forces. Forces you can't even begin to imagine, little girl. If you harm me, you shall know the wrath of he that is darkness and terror. Your blood will boil and you will know true suffering. Stand down, she witch. Your defeat is at hand. Shut your mouth. I am a she witch. A very powerful she witch. Or witch, as is more accurate. I am not to be trifled with. Stop talking! Don't interrupt me, insignificant man. I am Willow. I am death. If you dare defy me, I will call down my fury, exact fresh vengeance, and make your worst fears come true. Okay? Yeah, that's great. When I when I talked to Jenny about the sound clip, I was like, do you want me to extend it through the end, or do you want to do it? And she said, I'll do it. So you're all welcome for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a she-witch in your closet, you know? <laughs> So, okay, we go back to the Summer's house and in walks Willow with Andrew and is like, guess who I found buying mass amounts of blood at the fucking butcher shop? And Andrew says to Xander, you'll get nothing out of me, carpenter. And Xander's like, we'll see about that. Yeah, we're having a special on tying people to chairs today. Oh, my God. Two for one. Two for one. My number one favorite thing that happens is Andrew says, careful with the coat. And Anya says, oh, is it new? And drops it on the ground and steps on it with her little shoe. This is like, I feel like uh, Emma Caulfield and Tom Lank had to have the fucking best time together in anything they got to do together because they are both just so funny and I feel like if you're an actor that has like really great comedic timing it has to be a joy to work with somebody else because you just like it just feels like they're having oh so much fun yeah yeah 
So she, yes, she stomps all over his coat. Um, He tries to explain the blood away by saying he met a beautiful vampire girl in Mexico and they're trying to clean up their acts and get their lives together. Yeah. Um, Anya's like, this is not a game and slaps him across the face. First of all, she also says Junior and later she calls him Pipsqueak and all of her nicknames for Andrew are my favorite, especially Pipsqueak. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, she she does. She knocks him out and Xander's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, so we think, we think that like Xander's going to be like, you know, maybe, uh, uh, maybe like don't punch him. Uh, maybe we don't want to hurt him. Or I don't know what you think Xander's going to do. But um, instead, it becomes very clear very quickly that, <laughs> that Xander and Anya may not be suited for marriage, but they are suited for uh, inquisitions. To, uh, teamwork. Yeah, teamwork. They're like you and me, Jenny. We weren't suited for marriage, but we were suited to talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Look at us go. (laughs) Uh, While Buffy is busy feeding Spike from a little blood bag. My location uh, is just ew for that little scene. (laughs) Why did they have to make it look like this? Like they could. Unknown. We've seen them put blood in a cup and use a straw. And it is so much preferred to this like. It just looks like a boob. It looks like he's like nursing on a blood boob. And I <laughs> fucking hate it. It's so gross. So before we get this longer scene between Buffy and Spike, Buffy pops into love a bathroom with two entrances. You know, this is like a upstairs <laughs> I of a do house. Not. This is a danger zone. I well, but for TV, for like television and movie purposes, sure. like a house with two stairways or like a, a bathroom with two entrances, it usually just makes for fun scenes so Buffy pops in and is like how's it going with your guy and Anya's like the weasel wants to sing and Xander goes he's primed I'll be pumping him in no time and then there's a very long pause (laughs) cool well I had a whole little bit about how I was making my way through an ancient temple (laughs) ruin in the middle of a jungle searching for an ancient artifact Mm. in fact a very important novella and i finally come across it deep in the heart of the ruin but oh no it's on a pressure sensitive plate i heft a bag of sand in my hand to make sure it's (laughs) the same weight as the dome like you all think you're getting the best of it but i'm the one who gets to see her stupid fucking hand bobbing up and down with an imaginary bag of sand in it as she does this shit okay (laughs) You done? Are you... With the reflexes of a jaguar. Jaguar? That's right. What are you, Andrew? (laughs) Okay. I deftly snatch up the tome and simultaneously (laughs) place the bag of sand down on the pressure-sensitive plate. I open to the center of the book. And what does it say but, he's primed. I'll be pumping him in no time. Quoth Kristen Russo. When people listen back to this episode, they're going to be like, were they filling for time? It seems like. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now (laughs) to more serious conversations. Uh, Buffy and Spike. Uh, he's, he's explaining his experience. I don't really remember. I'm just seeing flashes. I've been losing time since I came back. And he sort of thinks like, 
this this is really kind of nice, a nice setup, because it does make sense that Spike might attribute some of the weird fucked up shit that's been happening to the fact that he legit got his soul back, you know, like it does. I think it's plausible that he would be like reasoning some of it away. And yeah, he's clearly like, been having a time yeah. apart from what the first has been up to. Yeah, we learned that he didn't know the chip wasn't working still, um, which is interesting. Is it like it was like in his psyche enough that it didn't even need to be working for him to feel like he couldn't hurt people kind of a deal? Because like we saw him punch Xander and like be in enormous amounts of pain. So I, I think that he actually is experiencing pain when he is consciously spike and hurting people like punching Xander. I think when he is, when the... Uh, sleeper agent within him is triggered the same power that is controlling him controls his consciousness is also preventing him from experiencing that neurological pain but then that dialogue if that's the truth then that dialogue is written a little weird because she says when did the chip stop working and he just says i wasn't aware that it had until now i wasn't aware that it had like okay all right i mean with a with a basement full of bodies as proof right right okay um, so then Buffy asks him how he got his soul back. She's doing a great job. Like, you know, this whole idea that she's needing to get closer to Spike to get closer to whatever this thing is. Like, turns out it was a pretty good idea because she's asking a lot of really important questions and by the end of the episode has put it all together to kind of come to a conclusion. So mm-hmm. just A plus for Buffy on that plan. Um, and yeah, he he sort of talks about how it was... There were a lot of trials that he had to go to, but like the pain and the suffering was nothing compared to how he's felt since he's fallen in love with Buffy. Mm-hmm. And then they have what I think is a really interesting exchange. Yeah. Yeah, definitely interesting. Uh, Spike says, you used me. And he says, you told me that, of course, but I never understood it until now. You hated yourself and you took it out on me. And he says that having a soul has allowed him to understand self-loathing. Yeah, which is like, that is an interesting point. I mean, we'll get further into this when they like continue basically this idea and conversation later. But Mm -hmm. it is sort of like we've been talking a lot about like, what the hell is a soul? And like, why does it matter? Like, why does it matter? You can hurt people and do really bad things with a soul and what have you. And I think that this is just more underlining of like, you know, when when Spike, when Angelus, um, when when they are vampires with no souls, they do horrible things, but they feel fucking great about it. They don't. <laughs> there's no. Yeah. There's just, just like, no. Con- it's more of a conscience than a soul. It's like it's it's just sort of like having a moral compass of some kind, or or feeling the consequences of your actions. Uh, mm-hmm. And so Spike is trying to say that he understands that weight. Um, but he applies that in ways that are a little heavy handed, which Buffy will correct him on later. Mm-hmm. Okay, so good cop Harris comes in with a glass of water, <laughs> untying Andrew's hands, apologizing for Anya hitting him. And he's like, listen, you got to watch out for that one. You know, she's a vengeance demon <laughs> trying to put some some fear in Andrew's heart. And Andrew's like, one time I saw her having sex with Spike. <laughs> and then Xander's like, let me tell you what she's capable of. 
And at first, at least for me, at first I was like, is he going to struggle? And like, you know, because they do this thing on the show a lot where it's like they will try to say something that's really bad, but they're awkward and they mess it up and it's funny. And it's like becomes really clear really quickly that he's just talking about himself. And he's like, she did this thing to this guy one time where she like took out his heart and then replaced it with darkness. But he like still had to go to work and talk to his friends all the time. And I'm like, dude. My dude. Perhaps we should review uh, <laughs> the order of events uh, because I don't, I don't, I mean, it's it's like funny. We're not impressed. But, yeah. Andrew's not impressed. No. Uh, Xander quickly course corrects and is like, oh, but then she tore out his intestines and rubbed them in his face and <laughs> I took pictures picture. of it. <laughs> I love that taking a picture of it was like part of the evil. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's like, the girls all need someone to blame. So, like, you know, watch out, man. And Anya, hearing Andrew say that, like, he hasn't done anything wrong or whatever the fuck he says, comes flying into the room. You lying son of a... (laughs) (laughs) Throwing him out of the chair, slapping Xander clean across the face. This is their reactions. This is the peak of comedy from Emma Caulfield for me, is this moment where she... (laughs) She's looking at Xander and so dramatically she just mouths, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's really good. I love the two. I love, I would have loved his little buddy cop spinoff here from Anya and Xander. They do a great job together. Buffy comes in to investigate and is like, everything okay? Frozen in their assault poses. (laughs) They're like, yes, thank you. Everything's fine. Oh, it's very good. And unfortunately, before Buffy gets this beautiful tableau, when she closes the door to her room, we find out, uh uh-oh, Spike number two is here behind the door looking very evil. And he says, Mm -hmm. we've got ourselves a problem. So when Buffy returns to the door, she hears Spike talking to himself inside and singing again. We get the little mm-hmm. clips of this song. And uh, she walks in. She's like, so what the fuck? Are you okay? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, totally fine. Cool as a cucumber. Just feeling a little peckish. Uh, a word I do love. I love the word peckish. No? Mm. You don't like it? I don't like it. Okay. You can have it. Uh, okay, great. I'll keep it. Um, Buffy goes to get the blood and Spike, um, as previously mentioned, snaps the chair of little toothpicks like what they <laughs> are. And the, the let, me, let me say something. The vampire growls have been getting more intense as the seasons have gone on. Just plain lion roars. I'm just fully the MGM lion. <laughs> like fully. It's really a lot. Just a very big roar from Spike here. Spike basically just gets Buffy out of the way. He's not trying to like, yeah, explicitly attack her. He's just trying to get through her. Mm-hmm. He jams his arms through the fucking wall. Where are the studs? Uh, well, one of them has his <laughs> arms through the fucking wall. I gave you that. That was like a whatever you call it in basketball, a layup. Uh, yeah, this is uh, perhaps a poorly constructed house. I don't know. I mean, it's just like you'd think I like mean, there's, not yeah. that Spike can't break a stud. I just didn't <laughs> I just didn't see any wood. I saw only drywall. Um, yeah. And certainly yeah. the span of Spike's arms coming through the wall was larger than the common 16 inches between studs in a house. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, 
Um, Andrew, right before Andrew gets pulled through the wall, which is so fucking funny. It's so fucking funny when the arm comes through the wall. It's great. Uh, he says the seal of Danzelthorpe. Um, and then <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. I'm sorry. It's I'm making okay. it stick. Um, Spike bites Andrew and um, Buffy gets Spike off of Andrew and you see Spike. Well, there's two spikes in the room at this point. You see real Spike on the ground looking very dazed. Mm -hmm. And Buffy, like, checks on Andrew to make sure he's, you know, alive or whatever. And then promptly kicks Spike in the face to knock him out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh... So, down in the living room. Oh, man. I can't even believe. I know we're not even there yet, but I'm just like, every time I think about the living room and how they just fixed it, I just get so upset, you know? <laughs> they just, they just, and Xander's been measuring that window for at least 45 minutes straight, and it's just going to break again. How many times is that? Does anyone have a count? We got some of you keeping tallies over here. Anybody know how many times this bay window has broken? Because it's just so many times. It's so many. Oh, yeah, I was noticing in the opening scene when they're having the conversation about, like, why aren't we killing Spike? As they're putting the living room back together and, like, dusting their uh, summer's uh, trinkets and whatnots, they have, like, some animal statuettes and a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But then there's just, like, a tiny chest of drawers (laughs) that is too small. Like, the drawers are too small to hold anything larger than, like, I don't know. Uh, each drawer could hold like a couple of post-it notes. Mm. Pads. What about some crystals? Maybe it was where Willow used to keep her crystals. Okay, it could be the crystal, the you know mini quartz, crystal chest, quartz-based sure. crystals on the top. Sure. Um, you know, metal metal-based crystal. I don't know. Okay. What? <laughs> I was just thinking about like, um, what's that silver crystal that looks very silver? Like that, I don't even know if there's a such thing as a quartz-based crystal. I was just picturing crystals that are like amethyst oh. and rose quartz and um, what have you versus something like a malachite or a, um, sure. a lapis hematite. Lazuli. What are those? What are, what are those based out of? I know, just so lapis everyone listening knows, I know lapis lazuli, if that's how you say it. That's how I say it in my mind. Um, but I know that because it was like a very important stone in the Vampire Diaries books. So oh my God. I don't know. I don't know anything about the show, really, but I know that I remember it from the books. I, in high school, weirdly worked at an expensive pen store for about a year. Yeah, I know this about um, you. But perhaps the listeners don't. Maybe I've talked about it before. But the most expensive pen that I ever sold to someone who had way too much money if this is what they were spending that amount of money on a pen how much money uh i think it was around twelve hundred dollars wow for a pen and it was made of you know gold and the way that i thought it was pronounced lapis lazuli was the sounds much nicer if you are part of our what i assume is our vast gemologist listenership mm-hmm. uh could you let us know if either one of us is saying it right we'd love to know i mean let's be real like lapis lazuli is how me and the mom from bob's burgers say it you know what i mean like it, that's... yeah it does feel like the, uh, the long the regional long island uh, <laughs> yeah pronunciation well, like, and then she went to the store she got some pizza and some lapis lazuli yeah it was good it was a good oh time. man <laughs> yeah when, yeah when you put it like that it, it's real <laughs> Anyway, uh, glad we solved the biggest mystery of this episode, which is what do they keep in the tiny drawers? <laughs> cool. Um, so anyway, down in the living room, they're like, 
you know, breaking it all down. It seemed like Spike didn't want anything to do with me, Buffy says. Don, how's what's his name? We'll get another another press of that. No one knows who Andrew is, but later. Um, she says, when I got back, it was like he was a different person. <laughs> he was singing. Anya. Uh-oh. Maybe it's another musical. A much crappier musical. <laughs> I love you. Also, your hair looks so good. Um... Xander brings up this idea of a trigger and I rolled my eyes and I was like, I cannot believe that they're going to use this fucking army shit again. I was so annoyed. And then apparently the writers and then they didn't. also <laughs> felt the same way because they took a moment to have Willow be like, is this an army thing? And he was like, no, it's just from all the movies I watched. Mm-hmm. Phew, saved. Okay, so they've got some plans. Don and Willow are going to research what entities could be haunting slash controlling in this way. Xander and Anya are going to research how to deactivate a trigger. Mm -hmm. Great. Great. Everything, I'm sure, is going to be fine. Great. Meanwhile, at the high school, Wood is wrapping up for the night. And man, I would just never want to be the last person in this building at night. You know what I mean? But I think he does explicitly want to be the last person in the building. Yeah, that might be... So he's just walking down the hallway when he catches a vibe by the old basement, no student access door. You know the one. I know the one. Oh, down he goes. Directly. He makes his way. Just like does not need directions to the seal of Danzelthorpe. Directly to the seal of Hot Topic. And sees Jonathan. No shock there. We'll see him fucking burying that body shortly. There's a lot of dirt. They needed a lot of dirt from the props department this season. (laughs) You know? Uh, We don't often uh, see this much digging and, like, burying of bodies uh, in Buffy mm. the Vampire Slayer. So Spike is now in chains in the basement. Um... Buffy's cleaning his face off. I'm nervous. Like, I am having, like, PTSD of fake Buffy's. So, like, this whole episode that I'm watching, every time Buffy does anything nice, I'm like, it's not her. It's not her. But it's literally just her the whole time. Because you think it's the Buffy bot? (laughs) No, no, because I think it's, like, the Buffy manifestation of the first. Oh, right. Well, the first couldn't be cleaning his wounds. Right, because the first is not corporeal. Right. But I still just panicked. Like, what, the minute that she was sitting there and she had, like, changed out of, like, whatever she had been wearing into, like, a sexier black t- top, I was like, not real. Uh-oh. Evil Buffy. That's evil Buffy, but it's not. Yeah, she just yeah. was wearing evil, a sexy Evil, sexier Buffy. <laughs> yeah, the show has effectively made me associate sexiness with evil. Great job, everyone. Hmm. <laughs> so, more appropriate level of restraints being used. Yes. Manacles uh... in effect. Uh, he's like, did I hurt anyone? And she's like, you took a good chunk out of Andrew. We get a brief comedy beat. Who? Tucker's brother. Hmm. Why does he know who Tucker is? Everybody knows who Tucker is. The well, prom was a big deal. Okay. So okay. Xander has a theory. Um, and it is, you know, that you have this like trigger basically and that it's making you do these things. And Spike is like, you have to kill me. Um, immediately this is really rough um because spike is really trying to get buffy to kill him um he's basically like you have any idea what i'm capable of you've never met the real me and it's kind of like spike has also never met the real him because he's never had to hold the atrocities that he's done in this mind and um right 
Yeah, he says, "I like I we don't need to go. You want to hear it? You can listen to him say it, but it's really bad." Um and he talks about really really atrocious and disturbing horrible things that he's done. And um Buffy's just like, "No, I'm not. Like I I'm, I'm not doing it." And then he takes this this seed that he planted earlier of like, I understand that you feel really shitty about yourself and that's like why you were using me. And he takes it and he applies it to this situation. And he's like, have you asked yourself why you have not killed me yet? Because I know why. Um, and, and don't rationalize with me about it. Like you like men who hurt you because you need the pain and you need the hatred to do your job. No, no, sir. Incorrect. Buffy says she doesn't hate like that and not anymore. Right. Right. Well, and I and I don't I mean, we know. But like, I, I think Spike is trying to like paint one big brush over like, specifically, probably Angel and himself, you know, um, mm-hmm. and that that is not the case. Like Angel to Buffy is something totally different. I mean, Angel is first love material. Um, Buffy is still a very new slayer at this point. She does not have the, I mean, she has the weight of the world on her shoulders when she's with Angel, but <laughs> little did she know that she would have the weight of 400 worlds on her shoulders, mm. you know, by the time mm-hmm, she gets mm-hmm. to season six. And um, and so I don't think you can hold those two things together as like evidence of why she makes the choices she makes. And so when she says that she doesn't do that anymore, I I, I think she's specifically just referring to season six and what she did with him. And, yeah. she, you know, she did hate herself um, and, and so deeply so and just was so disgusted and overwhelmed with the world. But we've seen her. I mean, you know, I don't know that you ever completely heal from that, but we she has definitely like healed a lot from that time. And she says some really powerful stuff to Spike um, explaining where she is now and why she's not killing him now. You're not alive because of hate or pain. You're alive because I saw you change. Because I saw your penance. Window dressing. Be easier, wouldn't it? If it were an act. But it's not. You faced the monster inside of you and you fought back. You risked everything to be a better man. And you can be. You are. You may not see it, but I do. I do. I believe in you, Spike. And this is so great, except, oh no, the timing, the timing is so bad because a bunch of men in robes bust into the house. God, and like, I... Don't they understand that a moment is being had? They don't care, Jenny. They don't care about that. They don't care about the fact that they clearly must have known that those windows just got fixed. They didn't have to break them. (laughs) Uh, They could have just come through the the door. door. Well, they do come through the door as well. (laughs) You know, just for goodness sake oh, that's another thing etiquette if you if one of you is going to break the just replaced yes. picture window have the decency for all of you to come through one broken window and you know they don't lock the door that goes into the kitchen just open no. it they've never locked a door in their fucking lives never never oh god so all these like eyeless ninjas fucking roll through the summer's house and Meanwhile, Wood is one scoop at a time burying Jonathan. So <laughs> we'll have to put a, at a time. fucking pin in that uh, because that's troublesome. Dawn is 
kicking. Yeah, you like her little. Oh, that elbow throw that she does. Yeah, she... you like her little roll backwards where she yes. kick tosses that guy into the wall. Amazing fight sequence here because Dawn, I, in my opinion, Dawn wins because, you know, she's not a slayer and I think she pulls some incredible moves out. But also we get Buffy fighting with Andrew, like using Andrew's entire body to knock these guys to the side, which <laughs> is so good. Um... The, I don't know if you noticed this, Jenny, but while the fighting is happening in the living room, we get a clear shot of the wall where uh, episodes ago, Dawn had accidentally crossbowed a hole and the hole is there. Dawn's crossbow hole is there. And I just want to give a nod to the- Celebrate uh, that continuity. Yes, that's great. Um, Yet to be spackled. Xander saves Dawn in a really nice move as well. Everybody is really showing up to this fight. Yes, and then we get a little double knife stabby stab. Wow. Uh, and those knives summer's are classic. curved. So, they are so curved. So curved. Uh, Why is a knife, like, what is the effectiveness of a curved knife over a straight knife? Because clearly they serve different purposes. And I. Well, I'm thinking just, you know spitballing here i'm i'm not a i'm not very good at stabbing either uh (laughs) but thinking about um a curved dagger Mm -hmm. right you're going in but you're not just making a straight puncture so you you have like a blade is curving up higher odds of hitting something that you want to hit like a heart and it's probably harder to heal um like okay so like triangular blades you know like um, if you were looking at like the, if you were looking at a knife directly head on uh-huh. and the blade was slightly triangular, okay. um, that design is specifically engineered to make a wound harder to close, oh. right? And harder to heal. Uh, so that you have a higher, even if you don't kill somebody right away, you have a higher chance of them bleeding out or dying from an infection or whatever. Uh, I'm thinking a curved knife kind of does some of the same stuff. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, like, if you think about the human body, if you have a straight knife, there are many places that you could go straight through and not hit an organ. But, like, if you're going up, in and up, then, yeah, the odds of you hitting something good or bad, however we're looking at it, is higher. Higher? Professional knifeologists. Mm -hmm. Is that how Kristen Russo and Jenny Owen Young's reporting for duty. (laughs) Yeah. No wound too inscrutable. <laughs> so they basically kick the shit out of all these guys and then realize at the end that was the fucking point and they just wanted to distract them all so they could get Spike. Um, no! Buffy sees one of them on the ground and this is when she like the the giant Buffy light bulb is going off. Yeah. She's like, I have fought this before (laughs) these dudes with the knives spikes ghosts the people you all saw Mm -hmm. from beneath us fbu (laughs) it's all the same thing it's the first from amends am i a righteous man (laughs) am i (laughs) he's still working it out man he's still working it out So that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, and you know who else thinks it's a big deal is the fucking council because Uh-oh. 
Wow. Uh-oh. It's like it's like a fucking trade floor when the stock market is crashing over there. You know what I mean? People are Things buzzing are around. Hectic. Also, England hasn't become any less grainy <laughs> in the exterior shots. It's their grainy uh, since season. Last okay? episode. It's their grainy season. Um, the communications are out. Uh, Lydia is concerned, and he's like, uh, Lydia, my darling, uh, don't worry. I'm still master of our fate and captains of our souls. Okay. Um, the first evil has declared war on this institution. It is time that we struck back. He says, get confirmations on all remaining operatives. Get them here. Prepare for mobilization. We will be going to the Hellmouth. Spoiler alert. No, they won't. Uh, RIP Council Headquarters, Quentin Travers, Lydia. Good thing Giles wasn't there. Good thing. But where is he? Uh, so Jenny, many unexplored rectangles Jenny, remain I have told you a thousand times. If I've told you once, he is not in central Russia or Australia. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. <laughs> uh, back at the seal. Yeah. Uh, Spike is lashed up like the Vitruvian man. Yeah, like, I don't like torture, but this device is cool. If you're going to do it, get Vitruvian. The first is I guess. like, I'm a sucker for old classics. And, like, I am, too, not necessarily in torture devices, but, like, you know, I love an old-fashioned thing. And this thing is just, it's like, if it weren't torturing Spike and bleeding him out, I just, I just think it's, like, a cool little gear circle wooden fucking cranky crank thing, you know? I do know. Uh, Spike is to be bled. Mm. They really do these cuts in a very Here's a question. way. Why, mm. why not just have the robes put the blood on the seal to begin with? Like the guys that attacked? Those guys? Yeah, they're bleeding Spike out now. Why did the first lure Andrew and Jonathan to the seal? Right. Although now that I'm thinking about it, I think there might be an answer waiting for us. So pretend I didn't say that. Okay. Um, yeah. So the first is like, I was going to bleed. The first is now in form of Buffy. That's important mm-hmm. to note. Um, and she's like, I was going to bleed out Andrew, but you look a lot better shirtless. Mm. So it is the evil, the first evil bisexual? Uh, Canonically, it seems as such. Uh, evil said, I mean, I think a lot of things about the first evil are very fluid. Evil said gender is not a binary and everyone That's is right. gay.com. Uh, evil also said, want to see what a real vampire looks like? <laughs> no, we all collectively Nobody s- wants scream. To- no. No, we Unsubscribe. don't. Don't show us. Please don't show us. Oh, but unfortunately, show us. They must because the seal does its little foldy bits and opens up and from the depths emerges your friend and mine, Camden Toy, (laughs) looking like Nosferatu, uh, (sighs) doing his little gnarl fingers. Oh my God. His fingers are so long. They're so fucking long. I just want to see him. I know you don't watch Euphoria, Jenny, but there was a incredible scene with the characters of Maddie and Cassie a couple episodes ago where Maddie is really angry and she is fucking clacking her nails, man. It's so good. It's so effective. It's so delicious. And I would just like to see this old fucker do that same move. I just want to see him clack his fucking nails in somebody's face, you know? Oh, yeah. kind of like gnarl? 
No, well, no. Gnarl clacked the nails of one hand together. That's a different situation. This okay. Is both hands clacking together. Like you're getting oh, in I someone's see. face and you're like making, you know, I mean, you know, clack, from clack, me, clack. When I'm, like as an Italian, when I'm fucking emphatic, I'm like kind of doing this shit with my hands. Uh-huh. So yes. if I had long fucking nails, they'd be fucking clacking right in your little okay. face. And that's Clickety what I want to see. Okay. Yeah. That's what I want to um, see this guy do. I, see. <laughs> I also just want to say that the closed caption, it's just like men chanting in Latin. And then you cut to the next fucking screen and it's this fucker which i just feel like <laughs> <laughs> he also is like taking their i don't know if this is they're like milking uh for time again or what but the uber vamp has its arms outstretched somehow the seal opened this guy came out and then the seal closed because now he's like on it or right next to it it's, right. it's a sealed off situation now his arms are out his palms are upstretched and he's staring like up and kind of like hiss roaring you know, and he's all like, <laughs> and it's like they're in a basement. Like the ceilings, like are not that high. I'm kind of curious about like, what are you looking up towards? What's your motivation? What's going on, buddy? What are you doing? Oh God! Uh, well, here we are. And Spike's like, well, fuck. <laughs> Spike is like, I am so glad that I am a young vampire. <laughs> <laughs> And somebody better kill me quick if that's what's going to happen to me later. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah. Well, I mean, nothing like a fucking growling, weird, long-fingered ancient vampire to usher us into the sexual tension wars. Yes. Speaking of fingers for days. <laughs> Welcome back to another installment of the Sexual Tension Awards, where we have four slots and usually approximately eight noms, and we jam them in accordingly. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to have some trouble jamming some of these, Jenny, because some of them are incorporeal. Yes, my my jamming fingers will pass right through them. (laughs) In slot number one, I feel like it's been a while since we had a fun new ship name. Xander and Andrew. Xandrew. Xandrew. Thank you. I was going to say Xandrew. I'm glad you did. A little good cop, bad cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, one know. of them is bad at stabbing and the other one is good at probing. You know what I mean? Wow. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Okay, let me submit my resignation really quick. In slot number two. <laughs> oh, it's going to be hard to make sure these stay put. These two noms in this little slot. <laughs> Uh, but the tension is high, as we referenced before. Novellas are flying off mm, the shelves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Warren the first mm. and Andrew. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. In slot number three, can we play? I guess the, this... Can you please uh, cue up the Righteous Brothers for this one? Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Just just imagine in your mind, just the Righteous Brothers are playing. Okay. Go ahead, Jenny. In slot number three. Actually, another pair of noms that features one incorporeal. It's Patrick Swayze in Ghost and Andrew. <laughs> mm, my love, making pottery <laughs> of hunger oh, for your touch, but you can't touch because I'm incorporeal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in slot number four, 
Some incorporealities just like to keep it simple. They like a man with his shirt off. Or a vampire, as the case may be. It's Buffy the First and Spike. <sighs> Never met a, a incorporeal or corporeal person who does not like to gaze upon the chest of Spike, you know? Uh, amen. So, hey, you probably have feelings just like we do. If you if you do and you'd like to cast a vote uh, in our beautiful democracy, you can do so over on a poll on our Twitter at BufferingCast that will go live when this episode drops and stay live for one week. Cast your vote! Uh, also, is, if I'm you're incorporeal and you cannot touch the buttons on your screen, you can appear to us and we will tally your votes personally. Uh, or you can appear to someone else. And have them press the button. Yes. <laughs> Well, Jenny, another episode down. We did it. We did it. We cracked the case. We figured out who was popping up all over Sunnydale. We still haven't located where in the world is Rupert Giles. <laughs> That's good. That's very good, Kristen. <laughs> wow, I hope wherever he is, he's wearing a really big, wide red hat and a long red trench coat. <laughs> oh, look. Oh, God, it's good to me. Uh, a good episode, uh, you know, a little little all over the map, but like we got a lot. You know, like, what's the what's the pressure on writing your last season of television? You know, like can't imagine. Uh, it's just got to be so intense. So, yeah, I've got room for for a little a little scatteredness as we go. And I think we got a lot of facts. We've seen the curved knives again. We got the girls yeah. in the previous Leons. The council's gone. There's a lot of shit Watch going was on. gained. Much, much was gained. And, um, you know, we also got the comedic stylings of Anya and Andrew, which I always love. As do I. Uh, two of my faves mm -hmm. together. Yeah. You love to see it. Well, I guess that covers this episode. It does. Well, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. And uh, when I'm not watching Buffy and making this podcast, I'm usually making music and sometimes playing that music live. In fact, next week, I go on tour with my friend and yours, Rishi K. Shirway. We'll be uh, playing songs together in a collaborative set. We are taking the tour this spring to Philly, D.C., Socrates, Brooklyn, Boston, Portland, Maine, Seattle, Portland, Oregon, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. You can find tickets and info at JennyOwenYoungs.com. And uh, while you wait for those hot, spicy tour dates to roll around, you can pass the time by finding my songs on your favorite digital music platform, listening to them on repeat, or mm. swinging by to say hello to me on socials at Jenny Owen Youngs. Lots of pictures of my dog can be found uh. there. Y'all, uh, Frank took a nap for part of the recording today in my <laughs> view, and I was just like so honored. It was hard for me to focus on anything else. Yeah, it's he's very peaceful when he's sleeping it's, and he's only when he's cute. sleeping. Also, right now in Jenny's office, the thing right next to Frank's bed is a guitalele, so it kind of looks like a guitar sized for... For Frank. Frank. Yeah, that's Frank's instrument, actually. I think he'd probably be better suited with a ukulele, but it still is a good yeah. ratio to have next yeah, to Yeah, yeah. 
So my name is Kristen Russo, um, though many people don't even know my last name because I talk about my middle name so much. Uh, <laughs> listen, no one could have told me that in the year 2008, when I created my usernames across all platforms, I would be using them for large endeavors like this. <laughs> there you have it. My website <laughs> is Kristen Nolene. You can learn about the work that I do with LGBTQ communities. I do talks virtually and uh, some in person now uh, as well for workplaces uh, and uh, colleges and educational institutions and all sorts of things. So you can learn about that at kristinnoline.com, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. And you can use that spelling to find me on Twitter. And on Instagram, I have been talking a lot recently about my feelings for things such as Cats, the show Euphoria, the movie Drop Dead Gorgeous, <laughs> among other things. Though by March 9th, who knows what I'll be on to. Sorry, I was just thinking about what you'd be on to. But I dare not make a prediction. <laughs> uh, I can tell right you. right now on my socials, I'm just screaming because I have... Two days left before I have to put on an entire prom for like 500 people. That's probably what I'm doing right now. I'm just screaming. (laughs) Well, while she screams, let me tell you, Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast. And you can email us at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. You can support our work on Patreon. Uh, Go to our website. That's where you can learn all of these things, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. You can click on Patreon there to join our Patreon family. You can also find our store from that site and get some fun merch. We, by now, probably have restocked the Pay Buffy Summers sweatpants, though now who are we speaking to? The council has exploded, but someone should pay her. (laughs) Somebody, please. Um, And you can just follow along our calendars there, all sorts of good things. So, yeah. This episode was produced by Kristen Russo, Jenny Owen Youngs, and Alba Daza, with support from our consultant, Mackenzie McDade. It was edited by John Mark Nelson. And my friends, (laughs) corporeal and in. (laughs) Till next time. It's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. 
And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.